Hello and welcome to the 1st of November edition of the National Podcast with me, Paul Kavanagh. And today I'm joined by the National Stuart Ward because Callum Baird is off digging a ditch for Boris Johnson <laughs> to die in. Someone had to do it, you Someone know. Someone had to do it and Callum drew the shorts. <laughs> well, actually we were all fighting them for the chance to dig a ditch for Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, Boris Johnson hasn't died in a ditch. He hasn't, no. no and we are no longer, well, but he, he had to ask for an extension. It's been two weeks, of course, because I was away. Mm. Uh, and has anything happened? No, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing's happened. We don't know what we're going to talk about. In fact, that's it. Bye, everyone. That's the podcast. That's it. Yep, <laughs> yep. Bye. Uh, yeah, so uh, where to begin, really? <laughs> uh, right, okay. For, first of all, Boris Johnson was forced into asking for an extension, mm. kind of in reluctantly and in bad faith. Uh, the EU has accepted his extension. We've got an extension to the end of January now. Mm. Um, when I actually came back from America, I gave the Irish immigration people my passport at Dublin Airport and I said, That's the passport of shame. <laughs> and the guy laughed. I believe it. Obviously didn't disagree with me. No, I suspect he didn't. <laughs> I suspect he didn't. I mean, just. Oh, I, I mean, like, to, 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 it's just amazing that the whole two letter thing didn't work. You know, who, who would have thought that sending an unsigned letter wouldn't end? It's a masterstroke. I that, know, I know. So. It's like, I mean, it's like having a government of, of 10 year olds. <laughs> it's pathetic. So, we're having a general election. Mm. Uh, there was a bit of hoo ha about when the date was going to be, but they've now decided it's going to be on the 12th mm. of December. Um, so, yeah, six weeks to go. We've got a general election in the middle of winter. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the first time since, I think, the 1970s. Yeah, we, we had a kind of piece talking about this. I think it would have been on, on Thursday, I'm trying to say. Um, that's yesterday, isn't it? Um, so kind of talking about whether that benefits a party or not. You know, whether a lot of people are saying it might reduce turnout and that would benefit the Brexit Brexiteers. Do you think that's the case? I don't know. Um, older people who tend to support Brexit... Um, are always going to go out and vote anyway. I think there was a bit of discussion about whether it should be the 9th or the 12th yeah. of December because uh, the 9th was before students go home for their uh, Christmas break, so they would still be around to vote. And there was a fear that having it on the 12th would reduce the student votes because they'd be away. Um, though I have heard in the paper, the other, I saw in the paper the other day, uh, that apparently there's been a big surge in young people registering to vote. So that's a very positive sign. Yeah, I mean, this election is kind of dealing with an issue of Brexit, which is so important to young people. I mean, it's so visceral to young people because, you know, it's affecting the university courses and it's affecting health and stuff that, you know, it's, it's a driver. Yeah. It's a driver. But of course, that's the main topic of the, of the general election in England and Wales uh-huh. the main topic of the, in, the referendum yes. in Scotland is of course independence absolutely and it's, and it's got to be it, it has Scotland. to be without a doubt it has to be um, and certainly when those SNP people that I've been talking to are all well aware of the fact that it's got to be about independence um, and there was a wee bit of a hoo-ha on social media yesterday because one particular candidate had published a leaflet which didn't mention independence specifically but I've been told that that was just the first of two leaflets and the second one will concentrate on independence because this is a candidate who's in a conservative seat and it's a question of not scaring the horses too mm. much I believe so I think it's sensible to have different strategies in different seats because you're appealing to a different demographic. Yeah. 
But certainly the, the national message has to be independence needs to be front and foremost, or at least Scotland's right to choose. Yeah, I mean, as well, I mean, if you think of seats like the South West, you know, when that, when the SNP won one of the seats in there, um, that was kind of on a manifesto which mentioned independence quite heavily, and that, you know, it's a kind of Tory area. Right. And then that Alistair Jack's seat? It would have been, yeah, I think it would have been Alistair Jack's seat, yeah. Right. And, because um, two the recent West End. Because it was Richard Arkless who right. was the candidate. Yeah, I'd right. actually spoke for him, um, you know when when you know when this campaign was being launched. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. Obviously, it didn't help much. <laughs> I mean, that was that second time round when he lost. Obviously, where the, uh, that was kind of a less independence focused. Yes, manifest, yeah. obviously. So I mean, even in areas like that, I mean, it, it seems to bring out the vote. You know, it can energise these people. Well, that's the key thing. Is is that, that what happened in two thousand and seventeen was that the SNP vote didn't go out and vote. Mm-hmm. They weren't motivated to vote and that's what's important this time is to motivate people to go out and vote. I mean there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, various strategies and tactics and routes to an independence referendum. You know, and, and some people are unhappy with the way that the Scottish government and Nicola Sturgeon in particular have been approaching it. However, all routes to an independence referendum cross the bridge of this early general election. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what strategy or tactic we think is the best for getting to a Section 30 order. We have to ha- make sure that there is a huge success for pro-independence parties in this general election to come and effectively that means SNP because they are, I mean I've got a lot of time for the Greens but they're not going to get any seats in Scotland Mm -hmm. Uh, I understand that they have agreed not to stand in most all but one. At a local level yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so rather than the party head office it's kind of at a local level. So they're not going to contest most of the Conservative seats in Scotland um where in order to not split the pro-independence mm. vote and make sure that the SNP have the best chance possible of unseating the Conservatives because we have to pandify the Tories. We do have to pandify the Tories. <laughs> we have to reduce them to panda numbers, less than panda levels we have to reduce them to. Because if the SNP don't do well in this election... It's not going to be portrayed in the media as, oh, the SNP didn't do well because, you know, people disagree with Nicola Sturgeon's strategy for getting a Section 30 order, or because people were unhappy about the SNP's policy on gender recognition or whatever. It's going to be people in Scotland don't want an independence referendum. It won't be seen as a reflection on the SNP. It will be seen as a reflection on the independence movement and the desire for independence as a whole. So it's really, really important that we make sure we get as many voters out there as possible voting to make sure that we've got as many SNP MPs as possible on the 12th of December. And, you know, let's say the SNP win 54 of the seats. Um, how, do you, how do you think the media would respond? Well, I think they would say... Uh, Personally, I think 54 is a bit ambitious. I don't mm. think. I think with 50. 51, is that, that's kind of a number. I, of I think if, if, if I'd be very happy if they can get 45. He mm-hmm. said in an exercise in expectation mode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would. I'd be very happy if they can get 45. Yeah, I'd be very happy with 45. Um, ideally, I would like to wipe out the Tories. I don't know how feasible that's going to be. Mm. You know, um, if the Brexit vote splits it, that'd be good. 
uh, splits Absolutely. the Tory vote, which we'll get on to shortly. Um, but yeah, uh, an SNP landslide yeah. would conclusively demonstrate that there is an appetite in Scotland for an independence referendum. And this narrative that we've had for the past, you know, month or few months and years is that Scotland doesn't want another independence referendum will be put to bed. You know, they will no longer be able to have Joe Swinson appearing on a Sky News interview saying, oh, but, you know, the SNP lost all these seats in 2017. Scotland doesn't want an independence referendum because, you know, Scotland will have made its feelings very plain. Scotland wants another independence referendum. You know, playing by the rules of the Westminster game, Scotland will have said decisively, we want another independence referendum. And in terms of obviously going into this um, this vote, yes, movements had quite a, a lot of years to kind of you know build in itself. And do you think that's going to help in this election? You know, that kind of infrastructure behind. I think mm. so. I mean, we've got well, it didn't help much in two thousand and seventeen, though. Let's be mm. honest. But uh, I think I think it will be more of a factor in the independence referendum yep. than it will be in this this general election, because obviously you know Greens party supporters you know and, and Scottish socialist supporters are not going to be out canvassing for the SNP you know um, but they will be out supporting independence when, when we do have that vote on independence which I think is I think is looking very likely now shall we say next year are you kind of calling a what, what you, what's your prediction then if <laughs> That's a hostage to vote. Do you think, I know, do you, so, you know, say the, it was like an SNP kind of coalition? I don't think there'll be a coalition, mm-hmm. no. A deal with a... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I honestly, it's just... See, at the moment, it's just... I can't really see how anyone can win. <laughs> <laughs> it know? does feel like that. It does feel like you that. No, I just can't see how anyone can win, apart from the SNP in Scotland, of mm-hmm. course. But uh, on a UK level... Um, Right, I mean, Labour has got a massively unpopular leader and no clear position on Brexit. It's not something that you can sum up in a single soundbite, right? I mean, the Tories are saying, let's get Brexit done, which is not necessarily the truth, but, you know, <laughs> um, it's a clear, it is clear. easily it is clear. digestible soundbite. Labour Party, is, their position's far more nuanced and when you have polarised a polarised electorate, I don't think nuance comes across very well. And they also have a, a leader who's very unpopular with a lot of people. You know, Jeremy Corbyn has a, a popularity, a, a rating of was it minus fifty five or something like that in terms of his how people, how well people think he's doing. So they've got that issue. Um, so I don't see a huge labour. Game. I don't see them making big breakthroughs. Um, in Scotland, I think they're going to do particularly badly because they're. I mean, I, I was actually looking through some of the Scottish Labour MPs, you know, <laughs> and I've never heard of most yeah, no, of them. Yeah. <laughs> I write about politics for a living, you know, mm-hmm. and I've never heard of most of these people because they've done. Who are they? They've done nothing. They've done mm. absolutely nothing. You know, they've, they've, they have zero p- 
public profile. I mean, the Scottish, uh, the shadow, he's right, quick, on oh, no. the spot. No. Sh- Scottish sa- shadow secretary of state for Scotland. Who is that? Is it Leslie Lee? No, is it? Uh, See, you're like, oh, I don't know. Leslie Lee. Leslie I whispered that, I hope the mic caught it. Leslie I Lee. whispered it very cautiously. Ah, oh, I'm going to turn that bit off in the editing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to dub that in later. <laughs> <laughs> I was, this is Leslie Laird. No, no, I, you're right. It's Leslie Laird because we've had to caption it a few times in the paper, and it's Ian Murray, and, and that's, I think, you know, beyond those. Yeah. And the only other one I know is Hugh Gaffney because he's always, he's always putting his foot in his mouth. Yeah. And that's it. But there's another, there's another, there's six of them in total, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is it six or seven? Something like that. But yeah, who are the others? No idea. You know, they have zero profile. Uh, Leslie Laird isn't exactly a household name. No, you know, she's even less well known than, than Richard Leonard, and that's quite an achievement. <laughs> that's hell even. You know, that's quite an achievement. So Labour, I think, are going to do very badly in Scotland. Um, the so the SNP are going to do well in Scotland. I think the Lib Dems will do quite well in re- Remain voting parts of England. Um. Apparently they've got an electoral pact with Plaid Cymru and the Greens south of the border. Right. Apparently, uh, so they may that might benefit them, you know, south of the border. Uh, but the big news today is that the Brexit Party exactly, yeah. has launched. There was a very interesting development yesterday when Donald Trump phoned in to Nigel Farage's radio show on LBC. Just, just the fact that phrase can exist. I know. I know. This is scary. I know. I know. But he phoned in mm. and uh, was just. I mean, for, I mean, the, Nigel Farage complained bitterly when uh, Barack Obama said, you know, during the EU referendum campaign that you know he thought that Britain should remain part of the European Union, and he complained bitterly about interference, and yet. You know, there's Donald Trump phoning in his radio show, telling him about you know this is how how he thought that Jeremy Corbyn would be a disaster, which I think is a badge that Jeremy Corbyn will wear with pride. That's a good point. Mm. You know, because it's like, well, you know, I'm the guy that Donald Trump hates. Vote for me. Mm. I think he'll get a lot of support for that because Donald Trump is about as popular as as projectile vomiting, <laughs> really. Um, so I. Uh, and basically what Trump was saying to Farage was you need to have a pact with Boris Johnson. And then today, uh, Nigel Farage launches his campaign offering Boris Johnson a pact not to stand against Conservative candidates. But what he was saying was Boris Johnson has to drop the deal and go for a no-deal Brexit. And that is not something that Boris Johnson is going to accept. Absolutely. So it looks as though the Brexit party will be standing against the Tories, he said, in every seat. So that will split the Leave vote, especially in those Labour constituencies in the north of England, which are the ones that the Tories need to pick up. Yeah if they have any chance of having a majority government. Because they are going to lose seats in Scotland. The Tories will lose seats in Scotland. They'll lose seats in Remain voting parts of England and Wales. They have to make those seats up somewhere. And the only place that they can do that is in traditionally Labour voting constituencies in the north of England and the Midlands, where 
uh, which voted for Leave. But the Brexit party, for a lot of those Labour voters who, you know, they've got that same kind of tribal, traditional Labour vote that we saw in the west of Scotland until quite recently, you know, and uh, they're going to be very reluctant to switch to the Conservatives when they can... It's, it's a lot... Psychologically, it'll be easier for a lot of them to switch to the Brexit party, and that will split the Conservative vote, so... I mean, it, it seems such a, a kind of counterproductive move for other Brexiteers. I mean, could it be a bluff? Is it a, or, you know, will they kind of soften the potential deal to Boris? They hate the deal, though. They do hate the deal. They do hate the deal. Because, I don't know, they've just got... You see, the thing is, it's weird, you know, because when the... Before all this referendum happened, these people were like Nigel Farage. They would have bitten your hand off. They would have bitten the hand off the UK government for the chance of something like Norway. You know, and now, but, you know, unless we're, we have nothing, we don't even <laughs> We don't even, you know, as, unless we actually erase Europe <laughs> from every atlas in, a, in British schools, you know, Brexit hasn't happened. That's where they are now. They've just got so extreme with it, you know. So, uh, yeah, it will split the Brexit vote, but also, also the Remain vote's going to be split as well between Labour and the Lib Dems mm. and the rest of the UK. So, I honestly. I don't think this election's... I mean, okay, it's like a mug's game trying to make a prediction and I'm just going to be a mug now. (laughs) But I can't see anybody winning this election. I just can't see anybody forming a majority government. I can't see it providing this resolution to Brexit that it's supposed to do. But what it will do is, I think, make a clear statement that... Scotland, if you, you know, Scotland will be saying to the rest of the United Kingdom, if you can't sort this shit out, you know, we want out of here, we want a chance to decide our own future, you know, because it's a total bin fire. And I'm hearing lots and lots of anecdotal stories about people that I never ever thought saying, I think I might vote for independence next time. So what do you think? Have you heard any of these yourself? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I have, especially, you know, because I'm from the kind of southwest, which is kind of you know, seen as a, well, it is a kind of more union-aligned oh, part of Scotland. So where are you from? I'm from Newton-Stewart. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Right down in the recent Galloway in Wigtonshire. And, you know, it's that thing of... I've it, just done a Gaelic map of that area. Have you? I have indeed. I'd love to know what our name is. I'll there. bring you one Please in do. next time. Next, well, I've got to get them printed first. <laughs> And yeah, and you know, it's just it, it's that feeling of of just kind of incompetence, you know, like from from Westminster, and just you know, it can't be it can't be any worse kind of thing, you know. For some people, that's what it is, and and they're right, <laughs> it can't possibly be any worse than this. So, do you think that the conservative voters in that part of the world are going to be motivated to get out and vote? I mean, God knows they've not got the most. Um, how to put it? Charismatic. Yes, charismatic <laughs> candidate. I mean, you know, it's. The fact he's Scotland Secretary is just absolutely petrifying. I mean, it's. I know. It's he's, just. He's just. I know. It's just. He's, oh, for God's sake. I mean, also, Jack, they just. I, they just, I mean, it found him. It's just as if. You know, he just, I just expected him when he was elected to be some kind of relevant backbench Tory MP, quite, you know, Brexiteerian and stuff. Never with any kind of formal position, then this happened. But no, I, I mean, I agree with you that I think it's. It, it feels like it can only be kind of minorities. You know, it's, it does not feel it's going to be a majority government in any way, yeah. here or fashion, but. You know, there's definitely a, a kind of shift from people, and you know we've we've not put any of the interviews out there yet, but we've been speaking to some of the candidates in the kind of Tory seats uh-huh. in Scotland and, and, and Joe Swinson's seat and stuff, 
And there's definitely an, a mood that they're really optimistic about the fact that independence is going to be so on the manifesto and what it can do. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It has to be. It definitely has and to be. The drive will bring, yeah. So, yeah, so I think this will be in Scotland, the, the independence referendum. There seems to be a kind of a, a surge, if you let them, maybe not, that's the wrong word, but... An awful lot of people in England are now in the point where they're saying, look, if Scotland wants to go, let them go. Yeah, let them go, yeah, you know? yeah. And there's another significant body of opinion in Scotland and the rest of the United Kingdom that kind of resents Scotland being mm-hmm. a part of the UK because they're seeing Scotland as standing between them and what they want, which is a, a Brexit deal, or, or out of the UK, yeah. out of the EU. I mean, obviously, as well, the SNP are going into this in a very clear manifesto in Scotland, especially... I mean, what's the Tory, Scottish Tory message going into this election? Yeah, I know. What is their message? It's going to be, um, get back into your short break, <laughs> shut up, do what you're told. You know, uh-huh. that's that. I mean, what, what are they going to say? What, has it, what are they, they're trying, I think they'll probably try and avoid, I think they'll try and do what they did in 2017 and not talk about Brexit. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend that's not happening. And I think now, because we're now, you know, over two years down the line, you know, I think minds are a lot more concentrated now. It's a lot harder to ignore Brexit when Brexit will be the sole, yes. the main topic in the rest of the UK. So, and also because they don't have Ruth Davidson. No, exactly. Although there have been already, I've noticed quite a lot of uh, Metro commentariat people on the telly, uh, <laughs> you know, saying that oh, the, S, the, the the Tories are going to do badly because they don't have Ruth Davids. Mm, it's the other way no. about. It's and because the Tories were doing badly <laughs> that Ruth Davidson left. I, and the thing is, I mean, even if they try that tactic again of, you know, we're the only party that will stop in Rev 2 happening or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to do well in this election. So no. they run in that manifesto. No, they're and doing, then they're, they're going to do very badly. And that's why she jumped. Mm-hmm. That is why she jumped. Though. I mean, I always thought Ruth Davidson was a media construct anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, she's... You know, she was she was puffed up by the media, and then of course you had that PR thing disaster. Of course, which yeah, proves, of course. You know that Ruth Davison is the only politician in Scottish history who's proved that it's possible to be both a media construct and a PR disaster <laughs> at the same time. It's incredible, I know. Which is quite an achievement. It's that's a whole. Oh God, I mean that whole episode is just it kind of just summed up Ruth Davison so perfectly, didn't it? It's yeah. just. Yeah. But yeah, as you know, if, if they run in this manifesto of, of if they run in the manifesto of Wheel Block and Rear Two and then they're gonna get kicked out in quite heavy numbers as it looks like that's again just another boost for the message of Scotland should get into F two yeah. next year. So do you think what what do you think that Nicola Sturgeon has said that she is going to make the request for a section thirty order immediately after the referendum after the referendum, after the election? And presumably she'll be doing so from a position of strength. Mm. Uh, what do you think the response will be? Yeah, I'd, it's so, as you say, it's, it's so hard to put It's a bit of a mugs game, but I'm kind of quietly optimistic. Yeah. I'm kind of quietly optimistic. I just think they're going to see Scotland as such a... I think if it's the Tories, they're going to see Scotland as such a pain at that point. Well, yeah. I think if it's Labour, I think they're going to be in such a weak position that they're going to need to bargain quite heavily. Aye. So I'm quite cautious well, optimistic. There's a good possibility. That, but personally, I've, I've always kind of felt that even if not getting a Section 30 order isn't necessarily the the disaster that some people think it is, but it's because the, the, the key thing I've always thought, 
there's a tendency in the independence movement for us to talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. Right? But we are not the people that need to be convinced. You know? And I think that what we need to do is that all these people that are sort of on the cusp of coming over to yes or thinking about it, they're the ones that need to be reassured. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that we need need to see. None of us trust Westminster. We've already lost faith in them. We already think that they're anti-democratic. That's why we support independence. Mm-hmm. Not everybody in Scotland is in that place yet. And they need to see that you know, if Westminster continues to refuse Scotland a dem- you know, the democratic right to decide its own future, that they're the ones that are being anti-democratic and authoritarian and running roughshod over this supposed union that we're in by treating Scotland as though it was nothing more than a glorified English county. And if they continue to refuse a Section 30 order, despite the fact that, you know, the SNP has, uh, let's hypothetically hope for the best and assume that they have a landslide in mm-hmm. this general election, you know, that's going to reinforce the demand within Scotland for an independence referendum, but also, crucially, is going to make it a lot easier for alternative strategies to be debated because then people will see that as being justified because, look, wait a minute, we've very clearly said in an election we want an independence referendum, we want the right to decide our own future, and Westminster keeps saying no. So we are justified then in pursuing other strategies Mm. because we have to take those other people with us. And I was thinking it's worth thinking as well, you know, if we there are options on the table for holding referendums and stuff and yeah. I mean, Andrew Tickell, who's always there, kind of star legal columnist Andrew Tickell, um, has always said, you know, just it's not it's not as clear cut as it looks. No, I've always said actually that, you know, people who say I got annoyed actually. I I got a bit mi- miffed with Nicola Sturgeon the other week when she was being interviewed by uh Kathy Newman on Channel Four and she Kathy uh, Newman, I think that's her name. And she repeatedly used the phrase illegal referendum in reference to a referendum without a Section 30 order. And Nicholas Sturgeon didn't directly challenge that phrase. But I think that phrase has to be challenged mm. because it's not. By, when a journalist says refers to a, an independence referendum without a Section 30 order without a ref, uh, with a as an illegal referendum, that's not a statement of fact. That is not a statement of legal fact. That is a political opinion, and what they're trying to do is assert a narrative. They're trying to create a narrative that an independence referendum without a Section 30 order is illegal, but the only legal fact is we don't know Mm -hmm. if a referendum without a Section 30 order is illegal, is lawful or unlawful, because it's never been tested in the courts. There are, as Andrew Tickell has pointed out, good arguments to be made on both sides. You know, and until that's tested in the courts... You can't say that a referendum without a Section 30 order is unlawful. But they keep doing it, and we have to challenge that. The other thing that I think we need to challenge is the continued attempts to conflate independence with the SNP. I noticed Jackson Carlaw was doing that yesterday, um, because the other big topic is, of course, what's happening tomorrow. This is talking about the importance of NRF 2020. Yes, there is a... A rally on tomorrow. Yeah, I wonder who organised that. I think it might be the National. It maybe. <laughs> I've noticed they're all running. This is why Callum is <laughs> running about. He's running about like a blue ass fly today because uh, trying to organise things for tomorrow. Him and Callum, uh, him and Richard Walker are 
tearing out their hair at the moment, as we speak. As we speak. As we speak. So tomorrow, a big national, big big event organised by the National. Nicola Sturgeon is going to address a pro-independence rally for the first time mm-hmm. since 2014. It's first quite time as First Minister. First time as First Minister. It's quite a coup for the paper mm-hmm. to be able to pull this off. Uh, there's going to be an awful lot of speakers, uh, yes. including yours in- truly. Uh, indeed, including yeah. yours truly. Yeah. So actually, up until yesterday, when I saw that Patrick Harvey was the was on the speakers list as well, I thought I was going to be the only man, because <laughs> it's all women and me, and and I think I'm a dog. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so it looks like it could be a good day. Mm. Uh, but the point is that Jackson Carlaw referred to this as an SNP rally. Mm, no, no, it's not an SNP. So, so, so did Laura Kunzberg. Yes, fact. exactly. <laughs> yes, so did Laura Kunzberg. But no, no, you know Patrick Harvey, and I'm, I'm wary of Maggie Chapman. Maggie Chapman's been announced. Yeah, yeah, of course. Jeannie yeah. Godley, Mary Black. So I mean, obviously got Maggie Chapman, and Patrick Harvey. This is not just an SNP. Well, no, no. If you've got the two the two co leaders of the Greens, you know, you can't really describe it as an SNP rally. But that's I think I think Jackson Carlaw knows that. Yes, he knows that. But what he is trying to do is to establish... It's, it's like in 2014, how many times did you hear the phrase Alex Salmon's referendum? Hmm. You know, they're desperately trying to make out that, well, it's an entirely an SNP project, uh, independence, and if you don't support the SNP, then you shouldn't be supporting independence. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to fracture the pro-independence vote. So... Yeah, so tomorrow it looks like it's going to be a good day. It's in George Square. Mm-hmm. It starts at one thirty. One thirty. So, so I get there for one o'clock. I believe there's going to be a, a, a march before that that's organised by somebody else. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's in the, in the morning, and that that finishes. I mean, you'll be able to get between the two quite easily. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. they actually moved their start time for the march so that people would be able to attend both. Uh, I've heard there's people, there's a coach coming down from Peterhead, mm. there's people coming from Angus, uh, Edinburgh, all over. So it looks like it could be a good day. I just hope the weather stays good. I do, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it's such a, a kind of a great chance to send a very clear message, you know. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, I, and I think we're going to have, I've been working on some templates the other day, we're going to have a really lovely kind of picture spread in the paper on Monday. Good stuff. So that will definitely be worth getting because it will be, I'm sure the pictures I know are going to be fantastic. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's us. We should get a drone. We should get a drone. We should get a drone, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm hoping only to, to pass that on. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I know, because just shut up, there's something else to organise. <laughs> <laughs> they're all looking very harassed today at the National Desk. <laughs> <laughs> I have not looked at the kind of Sunday paper yet, but I dare not. I'm interested to see how 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 it's looking, shall we yeah. say? Well, Richard phoned me at five. <laughs> I was because I was in America and he f- he forgot it, and he phoned me at five o'clock in the morning mm. to ask if I would speak. Five in the morning, Richard. So yeah, so but we've only got six minutes to speak. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, okay. Because I was thinking the other day about what I'm going to talk about, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm just going to have to ditch most of it. Because it's like, okay, six minutes, shit. I'm not going to say six minutes. So, I, but I've got an idea. You can put it in that same ditch column as digging right now, can't you? I could, yeah. yeah. So, everybody bring your shovel tomorrow, <laughs> and let's dig a big ditch for Boris Johnson. And, um, and the union as well. And the union, yeah. Because we need to show that there is an appetite for an independence yep. referendum. This event tomorrow will kick off 
the election campaign in Scotland. Yes. You know, so it'll kick it off for the SNP and for the Greens tomorrow. Uh, and let's all make sure that we're all motivated, that we're all enthused, that we're all going to get out and vote and make sure the yep. vote turns out and that we send Westminster a message that Scotland says yes to Europe, it says yes to independence and it says no to Boris Johnson and to Brexit. And I think that's the perfect note to end on. It could well be. <laughs> so I'll be back again next week. It was great to speak to you, Stuart. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. And bye for now. Bye for now, everyone. <laughs>